2 Kings chapter 3, verse 24 to 27. The Bible says, But the Moabites came to the camp of Israel. The Israelites rose up and fought them until they fled. And Israel invaded the land and slaughtered the Moabites. They destroyed the towns, and each man threw a stone on every field until it was covered. They stopped, they stopped up all the springs and cut down every tree. Only Kir was left with the stones in place. But men armed with slings surrounded it and attacked it as well. When the king of Moab saw the battle had gone against him, pay attention, he took him 700 swordsmen to break through the king of Edom, but they failed. Then listen to this. Then he took his firstborn son, who was to succeed him as king, and offered him as a sacrifice on the city wall. The fury against Israel was great. They withdrew and returned from the land, from, it, from their own land. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise this morning. We give you glory because the word you're about to speak to us will change us. We cannot leave this place the way we came because you have promised that your word cannot come and go back void because it has a purpose to be accomplished. Take glory in this place. Reveal yourself to us today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Once again, I want to thank you for coming to the house of God this morning. It's always a joy to have you all in the house of God. The Bible says, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Last week I was speaking about Valentine's Day. I don't know how many men here receive anything from their wives. Any man receive anything? How many women give, how many women receive something from their husbands? How many women receive anything and you just wave? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> I know when it comes to the issue of Valentine's Day, it is not usually our tradition as African people to express love like that. The time you see us as Africans expressing love is when we are going to occasions, whether it's a funeral, it's a baby shower, we dress in the same clothing, we hold hands, that is how we express love. But we have to become more current with the culture of expressing love the way it is expressed in this century. Not how it was expressed when you saw your mother or your father. You have to upgrade yourself. You have to upgrade your software of love and show love the way it, it's supposed to be shown now and not then. So buying flowers for your wife is not a sin. It's not against the Bible. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Taking your wife out to dinner sometimes is not being carnal. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me ask you a question. Among all the men and women in this house who have been married, when was the last time you just danced with your wife that it was not in an occasion? It wasn't in a party. You just had a time to dance and have fun with your wife. And as I'm talk talking to you now, this sounds so strange. Like, where is pastor coming from this morning? You really make me uncomfortable because this is not something I want to hear or do. But let me tell you, we have a program coming up which will announce soon. We're going to have a couple's night out. Every... If you are working on that day, please take off. We're going to have a time as couples. Find a babysitter. We go somewhere and just eat. And then we dance, husbands and wives. And just have fun. 
Look at this. This man looking at me like, Pastor, this is not us. I don't know what you're trying to do with us. We are not Americans. Some of you look at me like I'm strange. Like this, this, this is. Amen. Amen. And this program is going to be is going to be titled Rekindling the Fire of Marriage. Like I said, when we are still about to get married, we pursue our wives. We pursue them, we buy them gifts, we buy them flowers. You know, like I was saying, the night I was supposed to meet my wife for the very first time, I made sure that I cut my hair, I wore a good suit, I was looking like I just came from, from Canada for a business visit. The moment I walk into the room, as she would say, the atmosphere changed because a man that was different just walked in. I, was, I made sure that everything was on point, that I smelled good, everything. But now that we are married, ah, that's time for those things. So sometimes you can get so comfortable in your relationship that you forget to do the things that are necessary to keep that relationship going. Is somebody hearing me this morning? So on when this occasion comes, please don't, don't absent. We're going to also invite other couples. You know, other couples. The only time they should see you and your wife is not when you go for burial. Or our friend has a funeral in Maryland we are going. That's when they see you and your wife together. Sometimes you just leave the kids at home and sit together and just talk, eat together. Act like you, you are still pursuing. Amen. This is a challenge for every one of us. We must not forget our relationship. Amen. Amen. Somebody be, so is somebody blessed by that? Yes. Who is excited about that occasion? Amen. So that night is going to be on a Friday now, a Saturday night, whatever night. Make sure you are there. The dress coat, all the men, black suit, all the women, red gown. It's a, it's a love color. What do you mean red? Red is a love color. Have you ever seen a black rose? Have you ever seen a black flower? Flowers are always red. So wear something. That evening we come, you know, like gentlemen, and we're going to, after we eat, we're going to have, like, just dance, play some nice soup, and they just, you know what I mean? I'm already feeling it. <laughs> but when it comes to the expression of love, we have to understand that love is a sacrifice. Because anytime you are loving somebody as a compensation for what they have done for you, it's not love. Love has to go beyond you thinking about somebody, not because you want to get something, but because you just want to offer how you feel towards that person. I say this because sometimes we may not have that idea of offering ourselves up or the things we have towards our spouse because we ask ourselves, what has she done for me? Now, seeing this year started, what has, as I, like I was saying last week, have we ever received anything for Valentine's Day? Then that, that puts you in a comfort position now not to give anything. But we have to understand that if love has to be expressed, it has to be a sacrifice. Amen. Amen. That is what the Bible says. Husbands, love your wives as what? As Christ loved the church and gave himself for the church. If you are sincere as a man in this house, you need prayers to meet these standards. To love your wife as Christ loved the church. If you say, husbands, love your wife as Obama loved the wife, that's easy to do. You can follow all those things they do on TV. But when the Bible says, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself, means you're willing to die for your wife. You're not willing to get anything back. When Jesus came to die for us, what was Jesus expecting from you? Nothing. That is the love God is commanding us as husbands you know, to have towards our wives. So it's a sacrifice. And that is what this morning I want to talk to you about. The power of sacrifice. Hallelujah. Amen. The power 
of sacrifice. Last week, we gave out some papers to people. I don't know if you were here last week. And the goal of these papers we gave out was for people to make a sacrifice towards a mission trip to Malawi. People wrote whatever they wrote, and I told you not to write your name. Just write what you think you can sacrifice to the Lord. But then, and I told you that I was going to give $1,000 because I wanted to inspire you and encourage you as a pastor. I didn't mean to say that so you can clap for me or be impressed by the amount I was giving. It's not the first time I've given $1,000 to God, so it's not to impress anybody. It's just so that you know, you know, as a leader, I want to inspire you so that you can follow suit. But then, the Lord spoke to me after and said, is this what you call a sacrifice? And the Lord said, is this what you call a sacrifice? Because if you compare $1,000 to what I make a year, is that a sacrifice? If you compare $1,000 to what I make a month, is that a sacrifice? So I was telling my wife this morning, I, said, I wrote, I said, look, look at what the Lord said to me. So now I'm about to go to another level. I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to give, whether I'm going to quadruple it or double it, but that will be my sacrifice. So I'm going to ask you the same question. The things you wrote last Sunday, was that a sacrifice? Based on what the Lord has given to you, was that a sacrifice? I don't know what you wrote, that's why I said nobody writes any name. But ask yourself a question. Because if you give anything that is convenient, it's not a sacrifice. A sacrifice has to be something that is painful. Something that you give and ask yourself, Did I, was I manipulated by that pastor this morning? Was I on my senses? That is a sacrifice. So that is why this morning, as we go deep into this subject, think about your sacrifice to the Lord. Nothing speaks in the spirit realm like sacrifice. Nothing speaks in the spirit realm like sacrifice. Sacrifice is the key to dominion in every area of life. If you are going to dominate at your job, dominate in the spirit, dominate in your career, dominate in your education, there has to be sacrifice. There was a young guy that I used to know when I was in high school. He used to be in a grammar, in a general section. I, I was in a technical section. This guy was so intelligent that his name came to our school, even though he did not attend our school, but he was known all around the town because he was so intelligent. But one of the things I noticed about the guy is that he was not intelligent because he was gifted. He was intelligent because he sacrificed when he studied. This guy goes to the classroom at 12, midnight. I will solve math on the board till 6 in the morning. So when he came to advanced level, general, general certificate of education, he had A grade in math, A grade in further math. Everything was A, A, A. Not because the Lord appeared to him and gave him the answers to the questions. Because he sacrificed. Many of us want to excel and become better at the things we do. But we don't want to sacrifice. Nothing speaks in the spirit realm like sacrifice. Nothing takes a man to dominion like sacrifice. Nobody can get to the top without sacrifice. Nobody can get to the top without sacrifice. Recently, I saw a post on Facebook about a lady that was 82 years old, and she was in the Black Panther. She used to be an old actor. But when this opportunity came, she said she was too old to do it. And the grandson said, you can do it. She went and started practicing. Practiced to the point where she was able to fit that position and she got the offer to act in that position. But she did not get there because she was a good actor. 
She got there because she could make sacrifices. Hallelujah. Sacrifices. Nobody gets to the top without sacrifice. What distinguishes two people in the realm of the spirit is sacrifice. What is going to distinguish you from any other person in the realm of the spirit is sacrifice. And this is what I even know from the Bible and from experience. The devil has a radar in the spirit. When you rise to a certain level, the devil knows you. For example, if every night you stand up in Manasseh, you are firing prayers, interceding for this nation, the devil is going to recognize you because you are interfering with his activities in this nation. He knows you. That is why when the, the sons of Sceva in Acts chapter 19 were trying to cast out the devil, the devil responded and said, Jesus we know, Paul we know. Who are you? means that the devil recognizes people in the spirit. But there are some of us, based on our sacrificial level in the spirit, the devil does not even know you live in Virginia. Because you are insignificant in the spirit. You pray per second prayers. You fast per second fastings. You give per second giving. Everything about you has no sacrifice. So the devil doesn't even recognize that you live in that neighborhood. Nothing distinguishes a man in the spirit. Like sacrifice. Any relationship that doesn't involve sacrifice will eventually fail. And that is why we have a lot of divorce going on in our world today because people are not willing to sacrifice. If I'm not happy, I am out. Because I am not in to give, I'm in to receive. So if I, if I cannot get what I want, I am out because nobody wants to sacrifice. We only want to get. If we are going to become the people that God wants us to be, we need to understand that we are called to make sacrifices. And lastly, if it is not, com if it is not inconvenient or painful, it is not a sacrifice. If you can con inconveniently give somebody $1,000 and not feel the pain, it's not a sacrifice. A sacrifice is something that, like I said, when you give, you feel the pain. I was speaking to one of my brothers in the family. And he said something, something to me that was very interesting. He said, I have this money in my account. And one of the things I fear is that the Lord will ask me to give it away. If the Lord appeared to you today and said, Son, empty everything you have in your account and give it. Will you respond? Or you say, that voice that is speaking to me from the enemy, I silence that voice. Lord of Jesus. Because many of us want to serve God conveniently and not with sacrifice. But if we are going to be the people that God has called us to be, it is sacrifice that distinguishes us as Christians. That is why Jesus said, if any man wants to follow me, let him carry his cross daily and follow me. If any man wants to be my disciple, let him carry his cross daily and follow me. What does that mean? If you are going to follow Jesus, sacrifice must be involved. You are going to be inconvenienced. There are things that you are going to experience that you will not like. But that is a journey to being with Jesus. In the story that we read this morning, when Israel conquered the land that God gave to them, when he gave the land to Abraham, remember I told you that when God gave the land to Abraham, there were people living in the land. It wasn't a free land. So when Israel actually conquered the land, the Moabites were living in the land. But Israel did not drive them out. So what Israel did was that they made a treaty with the Moabites to live in the land. And there was a certain sum of, of, of 
produce or products that the Moabites paid to the Israelites every year as tax. But after King Ahab died, his son Jeroboam took power, and the Moabites thought, now that Ahab is dead, there is no need for us to continue paying this, this, this amount that we agreed to pay to the Israelites. They rebelled, and that provoked war between the, the Moabites and the Israelites. I'm giving the context of where we read. So, in this war, Israel invaded the land of the Moabites. The Bible said they threw stones everywhere. Can you imagine that? You throw stones to the point where Manasseh is all covered by stones. That is how Israel invaded the land of Moab. To the point where you are walking on stones. Everywhere was stones. That was a strategy because if everywhere is stones, there is, no, there is nowhere anything can grow in that land. It was to render their land like infertile and barren. That was Israel's strategy to punish the Moabites. And the Bible said the Moabites also fought with Israel, but Israel prevailed against them. And when the king of Moab saw that Israel was very powerful, he went and hired some experienced sword men, some men that knew how to fight. And he came and attacked Israel. And then when he attacked Israel, Israel was still able to prevail against them. Then the Bible says where we read, when he saw that he could not prevail against Israel, he took his son, his first son, that should have sat on the throne after him and sacrificed him on the wall. If you read your Bible very well, is somebody there to read verse 27 of that text? Let's see the result of sacrificing his son. Anybody with a loud voice can read the last verse. Verse 27 of 2 Kings chapter 3. Please go ahead. Then he took his firstborn son, who was to succeed him as a king, and offered him as a sacrifice on the city wall. The fury against Israel was great. They withdrew and returned to their own land. Now listen to this. This man is an evil man. He doesn't know God. Israel, that is God's covenant people, are fighting against him. And the man saw that there is no way he was going to win against Israel. But there is a principle in the spirit that if you obey that principle, regardless of whether you are a believer or unbeliever or Muslim, it works. Sacrifice. What did he do? He took his own son that should have replaced him as king and sacrificed him on the wall. Now look at the result. The fury, the outcome, the roar, the fire that came against Israel was so great that Israel withdrew and went away. Sacrifice spoke for him. Now the question is this. How would somebody kill their son and then prevail against God's people? Now I'm going to tell you some things this morning that will shock you. Sacrifice is a principle in the spirit. And I've told you this many times ago. The reason why many Christians don't excel is the, uh, the inability to sacrifice. The reason why you go to every major market in Africa, it is dominated by Muslims, is because of what? Sacrifice. They close their store five times a day to pray. Five times a day to pray. How many Christians in any market do pray two times a day? They make sacrifices. After their Ramadan, they will do what they call sarakah. They will give sacrifices to the poor, to the widows and orphans. 
This is not something that works for the believer or the unbeliever. Sacrifice is a principle in the spirit. Whether you are a believer or not a believer, if somebody goes to the witch, witch, witches and wizards and perform an incantation, sleep in the grave, and do all this magic, and there is an interview or an exam somewhere, and they want to choose somebody, and the person goes to the grave, sleep in a cemetery, see a voodoo prince, perform all these rituals, walk around Manasseh seven times in the night naked, and goes for that exam. And then you, because you think you are a believer, you can just wake up in the morning and do sign of the cross. And think that you go and prevail in that exam. You're deceiving yourself. What counts in the spirit is sacrifice. Somebody hearing me this morning. Yeah. What speaks in the spirit is sacrifice. That is why sometimes we wonder, why is it that I'm a child of God, born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, doing everything right, but every time I'm competing with an unbeliever, they prevail. Sacrifice. Just saying I'm a Christian is not enough. What sacrifice are you making to activate yourself, to bring yourself up in the spirit to become significant? This king of Moab was able to prevail against God's people because he sacrificed. One thing God honors in the spirit is sacrifice. Hallelujah. Amen. Sacrifice. Let me ask you a question. What have you sacrificed for the Lord? Since you became a Christian, that you can remember. What have you sacrificed for the Lord? Since you became a Christian, that you can remember. That is why when a man has the, has, finds it difficult to give 10% of your income to the Lord, what else can you give God? If the Lord gives you $1,000 and you find it difficult to give, to give him $100, what else can you sacrifice for the Lord? If 10% is more than a sacrifice for you, means if the Lord says 20%, you decide to become a Muslim. Like, that Christianity now is very difficult. Let me go to another religion where things are easy. Until you come to the place where you can give God all that you have. All that you have. You have not yet entered a level of sacrifice. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Is somebody hearing me this morning? Another way of looking at me is like, Pastor, why, why are you praying this kind of message? Just say something nice so we can. I told you this year, you are coming out of your comfort zone because God is taking you somewhere. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You cannot continue to be a follower. God wants to make you a leader. Amen. Amen. I told you the very first time I was announcing sacrifice, the Lord said to me, you are announcing that you are raising $20,000 to go to Malawi. What have you sacrificed as a leader towards this journey? And when I came out thinking, well, I did something good, I gave $1,000. He said, is that what you call a sacrifice? <laughs> now, for those of you who don't hear from God, it's good for you because you don't even hear anything regardless. So whether you give $200, you will really hear whether the Lord accepts you or not. But if you have the ability to hear from God, God will speak to you and say, look, and when the Lord spoke to me, I felt as if he laughed at me. <laughs> Is that what you call a sacrifice? When the Lord begins to laugh at your offering. <laughs> because the Lord knows what he has given to you. The Lord knows what is in your bank account. And you give it to him and say, this is my sacrifice. If you read the Bible, when the woman who gave the widow's mind, we call the widow's mind. It was not the amount that she gave. It was that it was everything that she had. That is why it was called sacrifice. And according to translation into modern currency, if you translate what she gave at that time to our day-to-day -day currency, it is $845. 
Let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever given an offering in church and wrote a check for $845? And we say, this is my widow's mind. No. If you want to give a widow's mind, convert it to a day's currency. And let's see if you can give a widow's mind. Sacrifice speaks in the spirit. There are three areas that God would want us to sacrifice. Three areas. Now listen, when I talk about sacrifice, I'm not talking about sacrifice as it relates to church or giving your money to God. In every area, whether it's your marriage, your career, your business, your ministry, there are three areas that sacrifice is demanded. If you are going to ascend and arise to the top, there are three areas. Number one, God wants you to sacrifice your treasure. What is your treasure? Anything that you hold, anything that you have that is very valuable to you. It could be money. It could be a jewelry. It could be any precious matter. It could, it could even be a person. Sometimes God will ask you to sacrifice a relationship, like God said to Abraham. Leave your father's house, your kindred, your people, and go to a land that I will show you. Abraham sacrificed his family in order to become the father of many nations. Your treasure, what you hold, like this king we read about, his son, that was, should have replaced him as king, he sacrificed his son. That was his treasure. He gave it away. Amen. Amen. So when they say sacrifice, and you go into your wallet and take over the leftovers, or you go to, into your wardrobe and take over the things that you don't wear, or the things that you want and they are now not even fitting, and you call sacrifice, that's not a sacrifice. It has to be something that you treasure. If the Lord appeared to you now, maybe you're a lady, and take you to your closet in a dream and show you that diamond chain that your husband bought for you during those beautiful days. And say, take this ring, this chain, go to Manasseh, there is a lady at a stop sign begging, give it to her. Will you obey? You say, God forbid. Something my husband bought for me in a honeymoon in Hawaii for $20,000, I give it to a homeless person. God forbid, God forbid. But if it is not something that you value, it is not a sacrifice. It has to be something that you hold in high esteem. Even though, like I said, the king was evil, the principle could not be broken. What counts in the spirit realm is sacrifice. Nothing provokes supernatural intervention like sacrifice. You can write it down. Nothing provokes supernatural intervention like sacrifice. What does that mean? When you have prayed, it doesn't work. You have fasted. It doesn't work. Go to sacrifice. Hallelujah. Go to the realm of sacrifice. Sacrifice is a higher dimension of prayer. Because prayer is cheap. Anybody can talk. But when you get to the level where you can give God anything. Like fasting is sacrifice. Say, God, I'm not leaving this house until I see a change. No food is attractive to you. Nothing is tasteful to your mouth. I want to see a change in my family. I want to see a change in my business. When you get to that level, that is when you begin to attract God because nothing provokes supernatural intervention like sacrifice. In 2 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 4 to 5, the Bible said the king went to Gibeon near Jerusalem where the tabernacle and bronze altar stood to sacrifice there. And there was a great high place. Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on the altar. In Gibeon, 
the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream and said, Ask whatever you want and I'll give it to you. The, can you imagine the Lord said to somebody, Ask whatever you want. Now listen, if Donald Trump, who is our president, says to me, Ask whatever you want. He cannot give me whatever I want. Because if I say I want Virginia, Virginia does not belong to me. He can't give it to me. But when the king of kings, the one who sits in heaven says, Ask whatever you want. It means whatever you want. But how did Solomon get to that place? Sacrifice. And what was the sacrifice? It was required of kings just to give one offerings, one burnt offerings when they went to the high place. Solomon did not give ten. He did not give a hundred. He gave one thousand. Means if he was expected to give one thousand cow, one cow, Solomon gave one thousand cows. That is why it was called sacrifice. He went above and beyond. Talking about our Savior Jesus Christ. In John chapter 3 verse 16. For God so greatly loved the world. That he gave some of his son. Or one of his sons. Is that what your Bible says? No, he's his only son. He had no, no other child. But his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him. Should not perish. But have everlasting life. I always think about if the Lord appears to me and says, give coal away. I don't know if I'm still going to be a pastor. I don't really know. Just to be honest. Because that was his only son. He gave it away. Sacrifice. If it's not something you value, it's not sacrifice. The next thing the Lord will have us sacrifice is time. You know that time is the ingredient or the factor by which every valuable thing in the world is measured. The reason why gold is expensive is not because where gold, it's not because it's difficult to find gold. People know there's gold in Ghana. But the, the process of refining gold and bringing it to its final product is what makes gold expensive. The process of refining diamonds and making it attractive that we can buy a piece of diamond for $1,000 is what makes it expensive. The time, even those of us who eat at restaurants, Sometimes you eat a small steak and they tell you this steak was marinated in lemon juice. They give all kinds of descriptions. That small steak is, is cost $30. This is regular meat that you can get from any store. But the time invested in that meat is what determines the price of that meat. So the next thing God wants us to sacrifice is time. The longer you walk, the more money you make. That's what they say. Time is money. The amount of time you give to anything determines what you get from that thing. To be the best in your career, in your ministry, in your marriage, you have to sacrifice time. Somebody hear me this morning. To be the best in whatever you do, you have to sacrifice time. It is said that it takes 80 hours dedicated to something to become an expert in that thing. 80 hours, and you want to brush your way and just wishy brush and expect that you can succeed. Many of us do not succeed because we don't sacrifice time in what we are doing. You don't sacrifice time to learn. You don't sacrifice time to pray. You don't sacrifice time to study. That is why you don't get to be the best at whatever you do. If you are going to rise and become the best, you have to sacrifice time. Hallelujah. Sacrifice time. The disciples of Jesus Christ became the apostles, not because Jesus favored them. They gave three years and a half of their life 
to Jesus with that pain. Can you imagine? Jesus shows up to Matthew, who was a tax collector. Matthew was the director of IRS at the time. And Jesus showed up at his office. This guy is making like $150,000 a year if I convert it to a currency. And Jesus said, Matthew, follow me. Now you think if somebody says, follow me, he has a better job for you or something better for you. And they were walking around with Jesus, no pay, no compensation. One time, Peter had to speak up and say, Jesus, I know that we've been in this journey for a long time. I know you are spiritual and doing all these miracles. But what, 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 what are we going to benefit if we have left all these things, brothers and sisters, to follow you? What is our reward? And Jesus said, there is no man who has left all these things that will not get a hundredfold in this life and in the life to come. That is why Jesus ordained them apostles and gave them power because they gave three years of their life without pain. Sometimes you have to go to a company and work as a, as a volunteer in order to get your service to that company. Has, has anybody done that before? You volunteer in a place without pay in order to get yourself into that company. But we live in a generation where people don't want to sacrifice for anything. If their pay is not good, they are not in. Everything is about benefit. But sometimes time can be the factor that takes you to where you want to go. Amen. Somebody hear me this morning. Many cannot rise in the spirit because they can't sacrifice time. You sit down to pray, you are so impatient to pray. Your prayers are per second prayers. You beep God. You know how you beep somebody? You, you ring somebody's phone. Before they pick up, you are gone. When you come and say, God, hello, and before the, the Lord picks up the phone to say, hello, who is this? You are gone. And you say, I pray this morning. You just do morning prayers. Father, thank you as I go and I come back in and you're gone. If you are going to become significant in the spirit, become powerful in the spirit, you have to learn to sacrifice time in the presence of the Lord. Sit there for hours. Sit there for minutes. Devote yourself to the word of God. Devote yourself to pray. It takes time to rise in the spirit. Amen. Amen. Sacrifice time. There was a time in the Bible that Jesus was talking to his disciples after they brought a child who was possessed to the disciples to set this child free. The Bible said the disciples were not able to cast out the devil. And then, the man brought the child to Jesus. And the Bible says, just with a word, Jesus drove out the devil. And the disciples were so embarrassed, they went to Jesus in secret and said, Master, why were we not able to cast out the devil? And Jesus responded, in Matthew chapter 17, verse 21, it says, But this kind goes out except by prayer and fasting. And we read in the Bible that every morning, Jesus went to a solitary place to pray. One time the Bible says he came and found the disciples sleeping because they were not prayerful people. So many of us want to rise in the spirit, want to become powerful. We want to be used by God, but we don't want to devote ourselves to sacrifice. On Tuesday, once we say fast, you can't wait for 2 o'clock to come so you can eat. But you want to be spiritual. It doesn't work like that. If you are going to be spiritual, you have to sacrifice time. Amen. Amen. You have to sacrifice time. You have to rise up in the night when every other person is sleeping and you're studying your Bible. And somebody asks you, what kind of church are you going to at 12 o'clock you're reading the Bible? Are you the one who wants to save the world? No. If you are going to rise in the spirit, time is required. Somebody hearing me this morning. Sacrifice time. The last thing God will ask us to sacrifice if we are going to rise is sacrifice our talent. Our talent. We live in a generation where talent is 
Talent is very, very prominent in this generation. There is no generation like now that people are talented. I mean, if you go on Facebook, you go on YouTube, you see the invention, the things that people are doing. It is wonderful. I was discussing with my colleague yesterday at Job, and I said, with the technology that we have today, I'm imagining what will be in 2050. If now we have artificial intelligence that is able to do certain things without any human intervention, then I'm thinking, what, will, what are we going to have in 2050? Because people are extremely talented. But the problem we have with this generation is that nobody wants to sacrifice their talent for anything. I even realized as a pastor that sometimes we get people who are talented in the church to serve God is a problem. I used to have musicians who were trained by the church. We paid for these guys to be trained. And then after they became so good, the other churches started admiring them now. When they finished playing in the church on Sunday, and after church service, they don't go home. They just been walking around. And the next is a pastor, you know, one transport. Because you play music in the church, the church should not pay your transport to go home. The same talent that God gave to you. Now God has to pay you for serving him with that talent. If you have not come to the place where you can use what God has given you to serve him without thinking about benefits, it's not a sacrifice. Can you imagine a sister has a decoration business? She came to the church as nothing. By prayers, by God's grace, she rose. God gave an idea. She started a decoration business. And then the pastor called the sister and said, Sister, look at the church and tell us how much it will cost so we can decorate this church to make it beautiful. The quote that the sister gave the church that she fellowship in the same church was two times higher than one. An unbeliever who doesn't go to that church gave the church. Can you imagine? She fellowships in that church and the amount she was charging to do decoration for her church was two times what an unbeliever charged for the same work. What talent do you have that you can sacrifice for the law? That's why today, you've noticed that all the musicians we have today in the world, you can mention it from Ari Kelly, they were in church. The moment the talent got so good, they say this is no longer for the church. They walk out of the church because when the talent is so good, we go to where money is, not where it's free. But let me tell you, if you cannot sacrifice your talent for God, then you have nothing to do with God. We need to come to that place where we can say, God, I give you everything. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you this story as we close. There was a sister who gave her life to Christ. She was an ex-prostitute. You know, there's a life we live in the past that you know that based on the life I've lived, there's no future for me. Because, like, here in the United States, it's so big that if, if I'm a prostitute in Virginia, I can live and go to Arizona. Nobody will know me. Right? But when we come from these small countries where we have small provinces, people already know you. The moment you change town, Rome will follow you to that town where you're going. So when she gave her life to Christ, even the sisters in the church were grumbling. Say, look at this one. After she has rocked her life, now she wants to retire in the church. I mean, people in the church were talking like that. She wants to come and retire in the church after she has rocked her life and messed up everything. But one thing this sister knew how to do was to cook. And she gave herself to the Lord. Every time there was something in church like occasion, she showed up at the pastor's and said, Pastor, how can I help? She sacrificed 
Whether it's in the day, she'll be there to cook. In the night, she's there to cook. She gave herself to that ministry. And one day, she, some visitors came to visit the pastor from South Africa. And the pastor called some sister to help cook for the guests that were coming. And this sister came and cooked. She has the, the anointing that is on her hands. If she boils water, it has a taste. The anointing. You know, some, some people can cook, but they can mix all the ingredients. It doesn't come out to anything. But there are others who can just take little things and put together. But once you taste it, you're like, wow. Because it's not about ingredients. It's about the ability to put them together. When they were eating at the table, one of the pastors said, this food is special. Who cooked this food? And then they called the sister. The pastor did not know, the host pastor did not know why that pastor was asking. The pastor said, well, there's a sister with us in the church. She's really helping, helping. Say, call her. They called the sister very humble. She came with oh, man of God. Thank you for the compliment. Thank you. And after they ate, the pastor said to this host pastor, if there is one thing you can give to me from this place, is to give me this sister so I can take her to South Africa. He said, we have a hospitality ministry and we need somebody like this to help. The pastor said, freely I, give, I receive, freely I give. They called the sister, would you like to follow this pastor to South Africa? I said, no problem, pastor. Who am I? She jumped, changed to South Africa. She continued her frying and boiling and baking ministry in South Africa. Another pastor went to a conference from South Africa today, from, from U.S. to South Africa. Ate the food and said, wow. I'm not eating something so good like this in my life. Who cooked this food? The pastor from South Africa said, well, there's a sister that I, I met in Cameroon and I brought her over here. She's been helping the church. The pastor said, we have a multicultural church in the USA. If I had somebody like this to lead our hospitality ministry, it would be a blessing. The South African pastor said, freely I receive, freely I, I give. She left South Africa to USA. What promoted this sister was not prayer. Sacrifice of talents. Hallelujah. Sacrifice of talents. From nothing, God took her to something. Not only did she get to United States, she got here, got married to a well-to-do man and had her own family. It was not by prayer. It was not because she was special. She learned how to sacrifice her talent. What talent do you have that you can sacrifice for the Lord? What talent do you have that you can sacrifice for the Lord? Amen. It's not everything you do for money. Sometimes you sacrifice to get your way up. Can we stand on our feet?